Today, on Commitment to Truth. So many times you find in the Old Testament, it talks about spiritual adultery that the children of Israel committed against God. Is that they were his bride. Guess what we are called? The church. The bride of Christ. And if there is someone else, something else that is in our lives as a priority other than Christ, we have then also committed spiritual adultery. We've cheated on Jesus. Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Each week, Pastor Cedric Brown and the pastoral team at Commitment Church strive to draw you into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, we continue a series titled, The Promised Land. God has prepared great things for us to take hold of. It could be a place, a job, a ministry opportunity, or any other type of blessing He has prepared for us. God always wants us to move forward with Him. However, how do we know when it is time to go? How do we care for the blessing He already created for us in advance? What is that promised land? This week, Pastor Cedric Brown will continue to teach us how we are to steward the promise that God gives to us. We will learn that we must remember the servants of the one true God and that we must be generous to all. Also, we will learn how we can and should worship Him no matter our circumstances. Here is Pastor Cedric, lead pastor of Commitment Church, with today's message. In an article titled, People Who Break Promises, it reads this. Breaking a promise is the fastest way to kill a relationship. That's especially true if the person breaking the promise is a repeat offender. Broken promises create emotional conflicts. You lose honesty and your relationships are poisoned by mistrust. Let me read that again. Breaking a promise is the fastest way to kill a relationship. That's especially true if the person breaking the promise is a repeat offender. Broken promises create emotional conflicts. You lose honesty and your relationships are poisoned by mistrust. Yet we find this truth in Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, and it reminds us of this. God is not a man, and thank God he's not. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of a man, that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Has he not spoken it? Or will he not make it good? Let me read that again to you. God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of a man that he should repent has he not said it will he not do it or has he not spoken it and will he not make good on his promises that's what he gives you and I today is that no matter how many people may break promises towards you or listen you may, may break promises towards someone else he is, we learning in this series, is a promise-keeping God, and God's promises are all true. Amen? They, we learned last week they are yes and amen. In other words, they are and they will be done in our lives. So, this being said, 
as we've been navigating through this sermon series, we've understood that God promised the children of Israel something called the promised land. Uh, through the finished work of Jesus Christ, he has also given us, if you would, our promised land, are those, mo the scripture talks about the magnificent and wonderful promises that are found in and through Christ and Christ alone. So if you would, that we have these precious and magnificent promises that, if you would, there are resemblance of our personal promised land. So in this series, we've been answering three questions. The first question is this. We already covered, and it is, how do we know if we're ready for the promised land? What can we identify within ourselves that says we're ready for this promised land? And we uncovered previously that at the end of the day, we're never ready. But the reason why God, if you would, gives us these promises it's because he loves us and because he keeps his promise. We don't deserve it. We don't earn it. We never did, never, ever, ever will deserve any of the magnificent promises that he gives us. The second promise that we will finish answering, to, uh, a second question, pardon me, that we'll finish answering today is how do we steward the promises? How do we steward the wonderful promises that God does give us? And then lastly, we answer the question, what is the ultimate promise? So again, if you can, uh, we will be in um, Deuteronomy chapter 18, 26, 31, and kind of navigate through ourselves through the book of Deuteronomy again this week. And we will answer the question or finish answering the question, how do we steward the promise? So turn with me to Deuteronomy 18. And as you turn it there, I'll give you a quick review of the first three ways to help us steward the promises of God. Last week we covered, number one, that we must remember the commands of God. In other words, the commands of God, all of the commands of God, we learn in Galatians chapter 3, verse 19 and 20, that they are our tutor. And Jesus said in Matthew that he didn't come to abolish the law, but ultimately fulfill the law and really affirm that the law was good for us as this tutor that will then lead us to Christ. In other words, none of us can ever fulfill all the law, which says that we always need Jesus, period. We will always fall short of the laws. Remember, the laws are way more than 10 commands, okay? And we will fall short of them, and therefore we need Jesus as our tutor, as our mediator between God and man, when we do not meet uh, all of his commands. Secondly, we must remember that there's only one God. Remember, we found in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 15, that they saw no form of God. There was no form of God. And the reason why they did not see a form of God was because God didn't want us to create a form of a God, just like we do today, right? We create uh, images of God, all right, four-legged images, two-legged images, right? And honestly, the, the biggest form of idolatry is, is idolatry in even personal relationships, husband, wife, and even you. In other words, we can become a priority over our servitude to a holy God. Our spouses can become an, uh, an idol that we will bow down to our spouses many times before we first bow down to a, a holy God. We'll bow down to our children 
many times before we will bow down to a holy God. So again, there was no form, there was no image, there was no likeness, there was no representation. But we realize in Colossians chapter 1 that the only representation of God is the, of the invisible God is who? Christ. Christ is the representation of the invisible God. He's the only one. Remember his commands. Remember there's only one God. And lastly, from last week, we realize that we should remember that uh, we serve a jealous God. That he will not have any other person to outrank him. That there would never ever be any other person that should have a throne, a seat on, on the throne of your hearts that's reserved only for him. Matter of fact, we uncovered in Exodus chapter 34, verse 14, it says this, for you shall not worship any other God, small g, for the Lord, capital L, whose name is Jealous. His name is Jealous, is a jealous God. So many times you find in the Old Testament, it talks about spiritual adultery that the children of Israel committed against God. Is that they were his bride. Guess what we are called? The church. The bride of Christ. And if there's someone else, something else that is in our lives as a priority other than Christ, we have then also committed spiritual adultery. We've cheated on Jesus. Figure that. <laughs> He's jealous. Today, we find our first of the last three. Number four, we find in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 1 through 5. It says, the, the Levitical priests, the whole tribe of Levi, shall have no portion or inheritance with Israel. They shall eat at the Lord's, or eat the Lord's offerings by fire and his portion. They shall have no inheritance among their countrymen. The Lord is their inheritance. Underline that, please. We, we will return to that. As he promised them. Verse 3 says, Now this shall be the priests do from the people, from those who offer sacrifice, either an ox or a sheep, of which they should give to the priest the shoulder and the two cheeks and the stomach. You should give them the first fruits of your grain, your new wine, your oil, and the first shearing of your sheep. For the Lord your God has chosen him and his sons from all your tribes to stand and serve in the name of the Lord forever. Number four, remember the servants of God. You see, this is what happens many times when we reach our promised land. In other words, you reach your land flowing with milk and honey that you and your household is being taken care of is that many times those that serve you go unnoticed. You see, the Levites were these special group and chosen people that were set apart to serve God they were responsible for the tabernacle and the temple services from worship to entering the holies of holies. From this 
tribe of Levi, who was one of the 12 tribes of Israel, God plucked them out for whatever reason God did it. Sometimes we don't understand why God does certain things. And he chose them specifically to serve him and serve you, the people. That their life were fully dedicated to serve God, serve the people. He plucked out of the Levites two groups of people that you hear more of, the priests and the high priests, to literally care for the welfare of the people. In other words, they were the people's representative to God and God's representative to the people. What does that sound like today? You see, that's why in, if you are Catholic and you have a Catholic background, that's why the priest carried so much weight or carried so much weight side note uh, this tribe of Israel uh, the priests were permitted to marry just for the record okay because if they didn't marry the tribe will ultimately die out so they had children wives children and their responsibility were to multiply and every generation from them was to serve God serve the people and this tribe was the only tribe out of the 12 that did not receive an inheritance from God they had no portion of the promised land zero you know why look at verse 12 again chapter 18 Deuteronomy the Lord is their inheritance you see one thing is for sure and I've even recognized this as someone is called to ministry only that this is my life service is that it's very important for one to know that he and he alone is your provider that he and he alone is what you should focus on that he and he alone should be your all in all but then it's interesting that he then connects the people to this. In other words, think about this. You have 11 other tribe, uh, uh, tribes, right? And then he also added one in there that made it 12 again, if you would. That these, these tribes that then had this inheritance, think about this, began to have fields that they did never ever plant themselves, cisterns they did not dig, houses they did not build, that God provided for them that now they're living in prosperity, their children are living in prosperity, their family are what? Now inheriting these wonderful, precious promises of God, but then you have the servants of God who have nothing. So God simply says, I'm your inheritance, but you should receive what is due from the people. In other words, there's this responsibility that comes from the generosity of the blessing of the people that God has given to that then should be an overflow to bless those who bless you. Make sense? Now let's dig deeper when it comes to the New Testament. Remember we said Jesus said he didn't come to abolish, but what? To fulfill. And you're going to see this very clearly. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 suggests remembering those who work hard in preaching and teaching. Think about this. It says the elders 
who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honor. You see, this word honor means compensation, remuneration, that which is paid in honor of another's work, an honorarium and a wage. So the scripture is saying that someone, especially, he says, those who work hard at preaching and teaching should some way, somehow be remunerated for their efforts. It's interesting. Why? It's because if there is this this responsibility of why everyone else is playing the teacher and preacher is doing what preparing to minister to the people and before the father and then in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 7 through 15 it talks about the oxen and the plowmen who plow and hope now underscore this you have these three chapters in uh 2 corinthians i think it's 8 9 and 10 that begins to give this plethora of information as it relates to sowing and reaping and it all has to do specifically with generosity but look at verse 7 it says who at any time serves as a soldier at his own expense who plants a vineyard and does not eat the fruit of it or who tends a flock and does not use the milk of the flock? Then let's skip to verse 9. For it is written in the law of Moses, see the connection? You should not muzzle the ox while he is threshing. God is not concerned about the oxen, is he? Rhetorical question, he is concerned about them. Verse 10, it says, or is he speaking altogether for our sake? Yes, for our sake it was written because the plowman ought to plow in hope and the thresher to thresh in hope this word hope means this the expectation of good in other words I'm just not plowing just because you plow but there should be something if you would at the finish line he says but to the thresh they thresh in hope of sharing the crops in verse 11 it says if we sowed spiritual things in you is it too much if we reap material things from you if others share the right over you do we not more nevertheless we did not use this right park right there for a minute this is important especially for guys like me who who then becomes the recipient of one's generosity there has to be the healthy balance in the recipient's heart to say, ah, you know what? I don't have to, the right to use this against you. Because some do. You know, throwing the scripture in your face, right? But it goes on to say, here, here's the balance. Here's the healthy balance of the recipient. But we endure all things so that we will cause no hindrance to the gospel of Jesus Christ because at the end of the day, receive something, receive nothing. It's about the preservation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, period. Period. It says, verse 13, again, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, do you not know that those who perform sacred services which means the services inspired by God and pertaining to God 
eat the food of the temple. We read through that in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy and others. And those who attend regularly to the altar have their share from the altar. Verse 14 says, So also the Lord directed those who proclaim the gospel to get their living from the gospel. Get their living means this, to sustain life, to live on or by anything. But I've used none of these things. You hear Paul's heart? I've used none of these things. And I'm not writing these things so that it will be done. So in my case, for it will be better for me to die than have any man make my boast an empty one. At the end of the, at the, end of the day, I would rather die and not receive anything from you than to taint the gospel of Jesus Christ trying to get something from you. Make sense? But it still underscores, church, that there is this responsibility when you start inheriting the promises of God, when God starts pouring out his blessings upon you, that you do not forget the men and women that invest and sow into your life spiritually. Period. God's servants should always be reliant upon him first. But at the end of the day, he still uses people, period. Hello, my name is Sarah Vega, and I am the Administrative and Executive Director here at Commitment Church. I hope you've enjoyed today's message by Pastor Cedric Brown. If you didn't know, Pastor Cedric also sends out encouraging videos weekly. We call these the Weekly Wire. We can send these encouraging videos directly to you by subscribing at www.loveallnations.org. Here's an example of the encouragement you'll receive. We're in a season of life that it seems that anxiety is running rapid in the hearts of men, women, and even the hearts of our children. But there's a wonderful promise that's found in the scriptures today. It says this, anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down but a good word makes it glad. You see, today you may be needing a good word to make you glad, but you see the best word, if you would, or words, if you would, that's more fitting in this day and hour than ever before, it is this, God loves you. In other words, God loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you and even for me. Or you could say it this way, if you were the only one, if I was the only one on the face of this planet, God would have sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you and for me so we can have eternal life with him. So I don't know about you, but that's a wonderful word. That's a good word that makes my heart glad. We hope you enjoyed the sample of our Weekly Wire. Again, to subscribe to your weekly inspiration, refreshment, and encouragement, please visit www.loveallnations.org. Thank you again for listening to our series, The Promised Land, From Commitment to Truth, the teaching ministry of Commitment Church, a place for all nations. Ephesians 2.10 explains that God created us in Christ Jesus for good works he prepared specifically for us. It is up to us to hear from God and to know when to go and 
take the land. Once there, we must also take care of, or steward, what God has given us, and He will clearly show us how. If you want to listen to the previous messages in this series, or if you want to hear messages from other series, visit Commitment Church on YouTube or Pastor Cedric Brown on Spotify, Pandora, or other podcast providers. You can also visit us on our website, commitmentchurch.org. And if you live in the Philadelphia, Delaware, or South Jersey area, we would love to see you in person as well. You can attend any of our services by visiting us at 2 Berlin Road South, Lindenwald, New Jersey, 08021. Thank you again for listening, and have a blessed and wonderful day.